Oh my God! Oh my gosh, guys! OMG, guys! You the Bassi has made history to become an individual with the longest cooking time, hundred hours. It's not easy, yeah. Huh. Oh my, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's not easy. The current record stands at 87 hours and 45 minutes. And Linda broke that, like she shattered the record. It's noisy. Standing for four days straight. Even how many hours do a person go standing for just a shit in here? You know, I can't think. But then again, while I'm celebrating the Hilda, I'm also celebrating myself. This is my 100th episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm super, super, super stoked. But this episode is actually dedicated to Hilda. So when I saw the first, um, initially when I saw the, the um, you know how she was progressing, and, and I, I think I was lying down on my bed and working on that content, and I was like, hmm, why I write about this? You know. So yeah. And before we delve into that conversation, welcome to IP Series with Rita. My name is. Peter Amory Chinda and I am an intellectual property lawyer based in River State, Nigeria. You done a South South Babe. So you see, South South Babe, you know they carry last. <laughs> but I welcome my new IP friends. If you're just listening to me for the first time, you're welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you to my long-time listeners, to everyone who has listened to my episodes from when I started on the 18th. I mean, in two days, I'll be talking three years. I mean, it's not easy, you know. But I talk about everything intellectual property. It's an educative podcast, basically. So you want to learn anything about intellectual property and how it affects your industry, you are in the right space. And today's episode, like I stated initially, is focusing on the food industry. If you're a chef, or you know a chef, not the ones that say, <laughs> I don't know, man. But if you know, say they cook to make money, turn off, turn off. You guys turn off for this party, turn off for this party. Come through for your girl. <laughs> I'm not trying to break out that record, but yeah, come through for me, guys. And let's get into our story for today. So when I first came across this hill that's post, I was like, hmm, this is, this is interesting. Um, but then again, you know how I always say intellectual property has its tentacles in every industry. I just took a step back and I was like, okay, so how can I you know, educate people about what Hilda is doing that will really resonate with people when they hear it? So just they're thinking, mm, do I just do like advise or push yourself um no one is your competition and and it just kind of felt like it was too plain for me um it felt like it was all this aspire to to pass by i think that's how you go say it (laughs) but then i put that down first like what chefs can learn from Hilda Bassi. Define your goals. Be strategic about them. I mean, it's in, in the news it's been said Hilda has been planning this for five years. So this is a five years plan 
that has manifested into four days a total of 100 hours and i was like hmm anyways what else can i tell chefs what else can i say to them that you know will make sense and i just decided to do like a google search on intellectual property rights in the food industry because when i used to work um at one of the first federal law firm called um, infusion lawyers one of the i think one of the first article i worked on with my boss then senator Henner was ip protection in the food and spice industry so it just got me thinking i think i can tow that line and you know i just i i think i wrote um ip rights for chefs um how else can shelf monetize tips for shelves regarding ip um you know then i just did a google search and the beauty about a creative is you can build on something i think that's how i come up with my articles my write-ups my podcast i always build on something so it just that a small it was supposed to be like a I think three page something but they ended up being 16 pages so if you follow me on linkedin you can check out the carousels that i created and posted on that was yesterday and i am blown away by the algorithms the views i'm actually getting from there so i thought to myself because one had reached out to me in the dm i was like i would really love to know more and you guys already know that i like to do um so for every content or not say every content but for almost all the contents that i create i have tried my best in the last three years so we're counting down to three years which is on thursday and my birthday is on wednesday so i'm a year older on wednesday and i was like okay what else can i do and it just got me thinking how much intellectual property is there in food so i was like got it and you know one two three blah 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 and it came up so here is my gift to chefs uh my sister cooks she she bakes she cooks she owns a business called jay's bakehouse which i and 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 interestingly she says hilda is her mentor and I was like, hmm, I mean, you know, we're here to make money and all that. So an IP is supposed to be like a long-term goal for chefs in the industry. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do a more in-depth conversation for my IP friends, um, chefs who will be opportune to listen to me. I hope you guys listen to me and send me a review. It will mean a lot to me. <laughs> but yeah let's delve into the whole conversation on how much ip is there in food how can chefs make money from monetizing the intellectual property what are the prospects there and then my recommendation i hope this episode will not be long because should i have done i don't know i, I won't do 100 100 hours with you guys now nah, uh-uh. i won't even do 100 minutes any minutes you see here today just listen and be blessed thanks I God bless you, boy. Yeah, I think I should start the conversation. I'm talking too much. Uh huh. <laughs> Don't you guys think so? I think so. I'm talking. Okay, let me shut up. Uh, and and focus. Yeah. So in the course of you know preparing for the podcast, um, I was doing some reading and I came across um 
an article. So the first paragraph caught my attention. I was like, yes, this is what um, the whole conversation is about. So I'm just going to read it for you guys just to see how you accept this as well and if you also agree with me. But, you know, so it's, it's the, 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 it says, the way of looking at food has undergone an impressive development. Originally conceived as a perfunctory activity, it has transformed it has now transformed into a competitive, large revenue, multimedia consumer industry for entertainment and leisure. And I agree. I mean, we saw that over the weekend in Nigeria with the Hilda Cookerton um, event. Food lovers actively look for new and unusual gastronomic experience, ready to spend top money on dishes that delight their senses. So I definitely do agree with that because I noticed recently on Instagram that so I I I London is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, I spent five days before I came back to Nigeria after my masters. And one thing I really did not um do that I would love to try again in future, hopefully soon. If I get my admission to Queen Mary University of London, of course, please. But it's the food, man. Like, so I just keep seeing. So any any food blog or post that just crossed my timeline is save, save, save. So I just keep saving. Um, and then you know it just gives you an insight uh, as to how the world has eventually evolved. Professions are evolving. Services are evolving. Industries are evolving. Especially now with tech, I mean, it's easy for you to just see a chef or a baker or someone in the food service industry or a food blogger or a food tourist. You know, you're having food gasms, uh, a lot of food porn around you. And you're like, oh my god, I should eat that. Oh my god, I should try this. Oh my god, I should do this. But I'm not going to focus so much on Hilda and my conversation, but I just want to share some insights on how. Um, those in the food service industry, like the chef, the bakers, the bloggers, the other stakeholders, like um, the manufact food manufacturing industries, food and beverage brands, um, the research and development facilities and institutes or departments, um, fast-moving consumer goods companies, Department of Agriculture, um, hospitality, food startups. This episode is dedicated to you and also in celebration of my birthday oh <laughs> also in celebration of my birthday yeah but basically um for starters what i i would suggest for um people in the food industry is one define your goals um as to what exactly you want to achieve do you want to focus on the multimedia consumer industry um are you focusing on the entertainment aspect the leisure aspect the tourism aspect the hospitality aspect the foreign direct investment aspect yeah the policy aspect sustainability aspect what exactly is your goal for delving into this industry as a legal practitioner and also as a creative entrepreneur um first as a legal practitioner i i would i, I enjoy having conversation with creatives i mean it's not easy for someone to sit there and think of something even for mothers or 
let me not even say to the the new gender before people come come and bash me and say i'm, I'm being um, a, femi- a feminist because you guys always misconstrue that conversation but if you if you cook basically male female whatever gender you are mm-hmm. if you cook um are you doing it because you just want to feed the family is that is it like your main occupation there's this guy that does chocolate uh that bakes he has has a show on instagram let me see if i can dig him up it starts from a i think it's am i'm worried something i think it's based in dubai i mean the first time i came across that guy's place i was like ah people get talent because what is this peter what exactly are you doing then so I don't even know if I should say this up there. So I, I I started dating three years ago and my <laughs> I shouldn't. But anyway, I saved recipes just so I can uh, not I won't say impress, but I just want when my boyfriend or my partner takes my food, he's like, mmm, having food gasm, you get. And your head is just swelling and it's like, oh baby, food tastes nice. Or maybe you try to you know try a new recipe or you introduce a new um food or cuisine um to your family or your friends, you're like, Okay, so I have this this thing and I want you guys to I just need your feedback and everyone's like, Oh my god, it tastes so good. I don't like people that I mean you have the food critics who make money of not t- making people feel bad, but also trying to make sure that you are in line with your standard the food industry standards especially i mean if you watch all of these cooking shows when you're like oh this is, is i mean the, the the flavors are not given it's not heated it's all jumbled up and then something you're like, oh my god it's how you perfected the act of you know the flavors sweet sour all of those conversations i mean so my sister like i said my sister bakes and there's this show there they, they show on DSTV. She that's her favorite show anyways. Um I think it's Sabrina and then some other cooking shows. Um I used to have an and I feel like I'm think I'm I'm sharing a lot of personal things today and I don't I don't like it. Maybe it's the birthday fever, but I really do not know. But what what I'm saying is for those that cook either for the profit making aspect or entertainment aspect or whatever it is. Because now the industry is booming, the food service industry is booming. Um, you're a chef, you're a sous chef, you distribute um, food products, you are a farmer, you, you tilt the soil and make sure that this, this, this ingredient comes out right with the right flavor, geographical origination, you know, all of those things. And you're trying to. You now have to start thinking of making money. This is no longer in the, in the, in the, what would I say now? In the early days where, um, you know, the agricultural sector was just focused on, what's that exchange, economic exchange, trade by butter. I have yam, you have granola to give me. Um, then we evolved into exporting, um, you know, agricultural products. So the main thing is, you have to, we have to thank God first for that. Then thank God for giving the gifts of creating uh, menus or foods or smoothies or desserts whatever it is you're actually creating um then know that so, so you know when i was reading i was like the food service industry is it is it has transformed 
into a competitive large revenue multimedia consumer industry you are your competition first of all you shouldn't be looking at oh what is kfc doing what is this chef in south korea doing besides i love i mean i love, I love the display of the south korean cuisine in their in their movies and series and like i need to taste this i need to taste i think there's a lady on on face on, sorry on, on instagram that i follow she recently traveled to japan and all the menus that she showed i was like i can try that i can try that but as a nigerian i haven't tried all menus and all cuisine i'm open to that so whoever has that's looking for someone to do food tasting please sign i i i, I indicated interest first Angel, I indicated interest for so you guys should please consider me for all of this. I love food too. I love food, and maybe that's partly because of my mom. My mom is from Benue, and you know, Benue is like the food basket. Wait, so somebody corrected me about this last time. But Benue has a lot of food. Let me let me stick to the safe side, or let me just confirm why I'm sticking to to being safe. Benue has a lot of food, and my mom is on. She doesn't believe in leaving the house without eating. If my mom is not going to work, um, let's say today, she wakes up earlier, sometimes three, four. At least I know between six and nine, breakfast is ready. You get. I'm not a sports brat, no, 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 no. But foods, if it's food, I can eat. I love to eat food. And I, I, I'm open to trying things. So when I try something and I do not like it, I just kind of, you know. So I, I know I've, I've tried Ogbono. I don't like Ogbono. I'm not. I don't have anything against Ogbono, but I really do not like it. I never used to like Amala on the radio until my boyfriend made me try it. And it's not like I can't live without it now, but I, I can't. I know that if I'm hungry, I would. I can order or go get. Yeah, Benway is food basket of the nation. <laughs> Yay! I'm a one. Happy friend. Zero today. Okay, so moving on, um, also think outside the box and push yourself how, so you know when food trays started trending in Nigeria and I kind of feel like everyone is doing the same thing. So if you can arrange your food tray, or it's like when you see those abach, I think there's this lady one time that went viral because of the way she arranged that abach. I love abacha by the way. It was really creative. So just think of something that you do that. So because now you're in the digital era where um, for you to get customers or consumers to key into your, your content or your business, you need to grab them in the first few seconds. So looking at your your page, how you're cooking, what you're actually using to cook, the spices. So someone posted a video on Twitter. I think Twitter, Twitter has three aligned videos now on, on their platform. And the lady was boy. I think it was goat's meat. Was it goat meat? I'm not sure now. Thing, but but that but that was last week. But what caught my attention in the in the post because I, I like I said I like to watch food videos um to either learn something and see how I can improve on my cooking. Apologies to everyone I told I don't know how to cook. I I know how to cook. It's just that I'm at a stage in my life where cooking is either a bit too stressful for me or time consuming. So I must really make out time if I cook. I must really make out that time to actually cook. Or maybe if I'm at home and my mom makes a request, I do that for her or. I just feel like cooking something for the house. Like I'm hungry and I feel like I really need to eat this, but I think I'm rambling too much. So back to the conversation about that video. So someone said, ah, she doesn't really know how to cook because how can you put, I mean, she's like, it's basic. You know, you don't put water when you're boiling meat. You wait for the meat to cook a bit and let the spices or the whatever 
come out and marinate before you add water. And I was like, ah, ah. I love the person cooking food the way you like now, nah. even though they do it for content, but you know. So you get that conversations where you're not, you know, trying to balance um, what you do. So push yourself, smash your record, think outside the box, and take your branding, take your branding seriously. Um, take branding seriously. Don't let anybody um, mislead you, especially in this 21st century.
I was talking about non-traditional treatment. Non-traditional treatment are not your usual treatment. So you'll, you'll be considering things like sound, smell, color. Uh, but for the culinary industry, let's discuss color, smell. I would have said taste, but it's a bit difficult because for trademark, you have to show that the mark in question is capable. So that's under Nigerian law now. Please, this is not international fan. This is Nigeria, under Nigerian Act. The mark must be capable of distinguishing and also distinctive in nature. It must not be descriptive. It must not be a name of a chemical. It must not be similar or identically or identical to another person's existing trademark. You know, so all of those things need to be considered um, as someone that works in the food service industry. Whatever it is you're doing, your channel name, your blogging name, your food tourism whatever it is you're doing so you need to also then do like a copy registration pay your tax file your annual return comply with the relevant laws um so for nigeria i um as i i talked about navdac especially if you're in the food pro uh, manufacturing or product producing processing um sector or within the um fmcg you will be dealing with a lot of standards um compliance to quality etc etc so just make sure that you have the conversation with your lawyer just so you know which sectors or industries you should be having discussions with then the next one which i i i would advise those within the food sector or food industry food service industry sector oh gosh to consider would be trade secret which protects the confidential information like your customers list where you buy your food products the quick ways where you get your quick ways from where you get your spices from um how you produce your work your food the 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 arrangement all of those things but then one of the beauty about this type of intellectual property mechanism is that it's the effort that you put it put into protecting that confidential information that gives you the leverage or the edge within the food sector food service industry and you, you must do this um, by you know signing contracts such so contracts that define your relationship and include either a non-disclosure um, clause or a non-compete clause or you have a separate non-disclosure agreement or non-compete agreement but i'm aware that in the u.s somewhere in one of the jurisdictions or the county they are um, agitating that non-compete clauses should be taken off because it kind of restricts creativity. I, I would say to an extent, but then you not you not live in a situation. So so I heard first heard about this um bobo juice story from Shukurat Amosa. You guys should check her out as well. Bobo juice was bettered from veggie milk, but then the target audience are are defined. Vigil milk adults, bubble juice children, and you know when you create things for kids, you sell out. For instance, Daddy Jack did do one billion streams just like that. You do a children book story. So imagine you creating children food, foods, um, all the likes of. See how much the cereal like now? How much? How much? Or is it the milk? Oh, leave them. So you see. There is money to be made. You can't just sit down and think, oh, it's not just for chefs. That's why I, I, I keep referring to chefs because this it started, it was this post was inspired by Hilda. But now I've 
progressed into um, talking about the culinary industry itself, the food service industry, the food industry itself. So if you have relationship within, in, this, in this industry, take it serious, whether you're a farmer or you're a distributor, whatever it is, we can't do without food. Food not life, you just need like water, not life. Even though the person we cannot live without is God, food not life. Water not life. Ah, did they whine me? She does a post that they said uh, Bill Gates um, processed his own meat. How you take come up with them? Nobody, nobody say be like and say you know sweets. I don't I can't I can't verify that. And I'm going to court to verify, but the court is currently busy with a lot of election petitions and you know some other court cases in Nigeria. So I know knowing why to go and do cross border um disputes. <laughs> okay, I think I'm messing around right now. Okay, let's focus, focus. So this contract will protect you from any kind of misappropriation. It also protects that confidential information um, for you. Then the next one that will be a bit technical will be patent. Because patent basically solves, um, provides techni technical solutions to issues in the society. So for instance, um, if you own or have like a research and development department within the food industry, <coughs> obtaining a patent will help you. Now, what I was discussing, for, for copyrights, um, you enjoy protection between 50 to 70 years, depending on the kind of work. So, the, for your lifetime plus after, and, and all, the, all the contributors to that work. Um, so, now the law expression says, if you take a photograph, you are the photographer, you're known as the first author. You know, so, all those things will be defined. Then, trademark, seven years, subject to renewal. But, trademark can last for a lifetime if you consistently commercially use it so cc consistent commercial in use and if you look at the definition of intellectual property that wipo defined it says commercial in commercially in use i think that's how it's put but not there's commercial and then there's in use so you must make your money of you must exploit it you must monetize it you must commercialize it make ego patents it's for a term of 20 years. But in order for you to get a patent, you must meet that basic requirement that grants you exclusive rights to import, make, sell, and all those things. Novelty, inventive, not obvious to a skilled person. If it doesn't meet that requirement, it's going to be an issue. So things like cooking, cake, cooking techniques, um, equipment, recipes, food pro processing strategies, softwares, people that own um, food, food softwares. Now, I mean, everybody now is selling food online or most businesses have their online platform, other food, com, all those kinds. And they got those news agreements. Where there's a dispute, what is the refund policy? Uh, when customer is upset that the food is not sweet, what are you going to do? I saw one time, I think, yeah. So why I remember this is because I was, going into SS2 then and my dad was hell-bent on me becoming a medical doctor. My dad is a doctor and I didn't I didn't like science. I wasn't doing so well in science but art was like big for me and before we got to school I went to Alidio Fatima Brokery so if you went to Alidio Fatima you're listening to this shout out to you man you're the real OG you're the real Odogu I'm foreseen for you but I don't want anybody take down my content but I was still saying, people, if you ask for it, I'll do that for you guys. Anything for 
I need your Fatima girls. Mm. But anyways, so we went to eat at one of these. I can't remember the restaurant, but it was popular then. And chicken they gave me was bad. And I couldn't eat. So I ate rice with that chicken because my chicken was bad. So in an instance where someone books any food, so I want a cake. The cake gets to you, and it's battered because the delivery guy was entering potholes in Nigeria. All those things. How are you guys going to resolve that kind of dispute? Or the food spilled and there's oil everywhere. Or the pack you bought, the plantain chips you bought, the tin busted. Or there's air inside. The spice is, 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 is not, I won't say fermented. I'm trying to look for the right word, but it's not spicing enough. Should get. And, you know, all of those things to be considered. Then you have geographical indication. Which I alluded to earlier when I was talking about um, original and quality geographical foods. That so basically, his job is to prevent third parties who do not adhere to these geographical requirements from abusing it from unauthorized association, whereby they are saying, "Oh, this product was made. This is real basmati rice, or this is curry from India, or yellow pepper from Nsuka blended." Curry Cameroon pepper give you column Nsuka yellow pepper. All right, it's your fault. Um, you know how I was going to refer to Gary, but I think everyone does Gary the same. But how do you, how these traditional women make certain food that they don't tell you the spices? They're cooking it in front of you, but they just boom, 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 boom. And before you know, you're like, ah, madam, what did you put? Like, oh, I put this one in the corner. They no go agree tell you the main tip. Person where no say business is you no go tell you say I put this. But then. I think we video content creators now, vloggers, and you see that they are listing their their spices. So I I used this, I used iru, I used um, local this, I used that, I used that. So you have not have to go to the market and start looking for all of that. So what my own sister does is she has a blend of her own special mix. She also has her own pepper mix, which I I, I love. Because I don't eat pepper seriously, fam. I do not like pepper, but I love her own pepper. It's is mild enough for me you know so geographical indication is one that protects the authenticity originality and quality of an agricultural product or wines that emanate from a particular jurisdiction so you're using white wine to cook what kind of white wine is that what jurisdiction you're using rust check cheese it's coming from a territory right all those things or when, when people go to Paris or they go to Switzerland because of the chocolate, because of the bread or the pasta, all of those things. So I think it's Ify Kitchen that had the I won't say, I don't want to say had the opportunity, but she traveled to Italy to learn how to cook, sort of like improve capacity building and she entered a store that had pasta. Babe, I saw pasta babe. <laughs> okay. Kind of first like I was talking to, to my fellow girlfriend, but yeah, guy, you sure understand what I'm trying to say, right? Yes, but what I'm saying is that there was pasta from A to Z, like it shocked me. I only know Dangote spaghetti, yeah. I've heard of spaghetti, but oh, make a no modern, I don't know, Bolognese, or they call it, I don't know, but you know, all those kind of things. Um, yeah, then industrial design for nigeria and then utility pattern for the u.s so industrial design protects the visual appearances 
of a product which has a combination of lines, colors, or both. So the visual appearance of the packaging of the food, the shape of the product, you know, all those things. That's where industrial design comes in. Even the shape of the equipment you use to cook. As in, that's how they buy things. So. Why I'm, I'm referring to myself because is you know so you know your your moms or your parents will buy basic um, kitchen utensils and equipment but my when someone is into cooking full time you are seeing different shapes and kinds of things and you're like ah, ah. so today i was like oh, when are they marry when are they married i just see like, come and start buying my 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 kitchen items for me she's like when you get the money i was like oh, no Allah. but that's where industrial design comes into play peter will focus on the functionality of how that equipment was how that product was how that um, um, plantain chips was made and preserved, all of those things, the preservative that was used, all those things. Then I, I think, I think most people don't even consider that consider this type of item I'm going to mention, because the top three would be copyright, trademark, so forth. Copyright, trademark, industrial design, and maybe trade secret and geographic indication when they are considering or two, but. You find out that, like I said, IP has its tentacles and everything, and each of these IP mechanisms can give you a level of protection, coupled with the fact that they all have their term of duration for protection. So, industrial design is for five years, subject to renewal for two two further consecutive five years in Nigeria. Um, then you now have plant variety for presenting of distinctive plants. So your as a, as a farmer, someone in the agricultural sector or the food business, you're experimenting with um, genes of plants, of seeds, all those things. That is where I'm looking at it. So there was this case that Dr. York to told us about. I never forget that case, but I keep forgetting the name of the case. Is the red? It's, I think it's a red bean case or the green bean case. When they went to, I think it's red bean went to the um, neighboring country, I think it was Mexico or one of those Latin countries, and then they, they imported it into America, did their experiments, created their own version, and, you know, quanta boss, so they couldn't they fight because of this. Shasha, money drop. Then there's a patent case that involves one of those African countries, I think it's Ethiopia, is it the wheat? Or something like that, where, where a Dan you think it was a, a Danish company or a German company patented that particular wheat used or grain used to make bread within that jurisdiction. You've also had instances like the Rubus um, tea, I mean, is it Rubus or Rubus tea from South Africa? All those things. What does that tell you? People are seeing the commercial value in all of these agricultural products that we are ignoring. So we can step up. We can stay in the big boys live. We can. It's our business and usual. Forget. So you see now that I've taken you through all the IPs and you're like you're, you're like maybe you're here like ah I'm we has come again. I've not come again no. Hmm? Then you now have exclusive rights for you know where you can explore like translation, translating your cookbook or audiobook or videos into languages. I don't have to speak my language, you know, maybe I forgot to drop one or two lines, but the ones where they hear, they hear. Like I speak my mom's dad very well. Um, Ikri, just greeting Rasabi. I don't know where I go marry from, but make the man know if in case they listen to me, say your ego ego had small <laughs> for me to learn your language. I'll talk of translating a cookbook or a recipe. So then I thought about the traditional knowledge aspect where families 
um, transfer recipe rules to the next generation. So, so there's a, it's a blend or mix of trade secrets and traditional knowledge, cultural preservation, and all of those things when you think about um, food in the family business, where a family runs a restaurant or a food chain, all of those things. Now, where that one they come for me? So, I hope that with this few part of mine, I have been able to convince and not convince you. So, you know, I talked about trade secret, trade name, and all those things, trade dresses. So, trade dress also kind of acts like um, industrial design where it protects the packaging of the food you use. Then you also have instances where you create franchises, you own a service mark because you work in the food service industry, you own a food reality TV show, you know, you're seeing uh, media companies having cooking shows. You know that had a cooking show as well. I said I wasn't going to mention her so much, but, you know, because this post was like, this content or this episode expi- inspired by her, you know, I mean, it's not easy. Set the gadgets, bang, 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 lights everywhere. Corn, they cook, they mix, they do this, they do that. Corn, they stand again, sit down sometimes, you know. All those more, more inhibitions. But, <laughs> sorry guys, I think I'm playing it up. But, um, next of my conversation would be, how are these IPs relevant to chef or bakers or those in the food industry? Because... Money has to be made. So how are these IP relevant? Because chefs basically deal and interact with um, the food industry. There's a lot of um, selection required for one to stand out. For instance, um, what makes you, your, your food or the way or method you make your food different from the next person? Why should... I, with reaching that in this digital era, pay attention to your food documentary via, via your blogging, your vlogging, your photography, um, storytelling, um, which now helps transform what you own from intangible into an exclusive intellectual property right where you're not thinking of branding and also considering the commercial value that you have. So, my next question is going to be for my listeners is what can you do to prevent other people from copying your culinary creation for economic purpose or even to go and break Guinness World Record? What can you actually do? Be proactive, monitor, be inventive, engage a lot. People may not like us in Nigeria, but see, you need us die. And besides, just to state this, law is not just about litigation, going to court, no. There's a transaction and commercial aspect to it. Lawyers can basically work anywhere. That is why they call us Lenin. But no vex. Don't be vexed. But it's just the reality. Um, so that's my question for you guys. So if you have an answer to, to that, um, send me an email to ipseriesinfo at gmail.com or tag me under this post when you see this. So you say you're listening. Just go back to the post and give me your answer. It would mean a lot to me if you guys interact with me. I mean, this is a hundred it's not easy you that you that cook for 100 hours this is my 100 episode so celebrate me too i'm celebrating grace and tapping into hilda's grace yeah so stakeholders in the food industry will include chefs bakers bloggers media restaurant research and development departments food and beverage brands spices associated to jurisdiction 
um, what is that unique spice that your community has and when you put it in food it's like you will bang die and then you have the the consumer companies in in, in the likes of fast moving consumer goods um department of agriculture hospitality food startups money food startups see you guys are the guys trending now you need to be very innovative like if you want to hack this um, food tech thing Never. Once you do one like this, you go don't turn the next hotel dollar for Ninja. Come to my ministry. Let me pray for you. Yeah. So, um, another thing that I'd like us to discuss or touch before I wrap up is the types of intellectual property disputes that can be found within the food industry. So, as a as an ADR practitioner, as a dispute resolution practitioner, as also as a lawyer. Mm -hmm. what well, this dispute that i think most brands um encounter one name dispute so it could be in form of an infringement of name or someone opposing your trademark registration at the trademark registry um um restraining or name of the show or the menu item for well-known um, menu items um, reconciling food science innovations and product labeling standard dispute distribution misappropriation of co confidential information breach of licensing requirements so you, you license so if it's going to, so let's look at licensing from the corporate aspect under the new Nigerian corporate so licensing could be exclusive where it's just you and party a so food service provider one food service provider two or food service provider one Food service provider two, food service provider three. So that is a non-exclusive arrangement. Now you you breach your licensing requirement, you breach your non-disclosure agreement, you breach your collaboration agreement, you breach your sponsorship agreement. What did they worry you? Why can't you be a gentleman or a gentle lady and obey and comply and not be stressing? But stress also. We need the money as as ADR practitioners. They are going to court to sue the person. Or you're exploring out-of-court settlements such as mediation or arbitration or negotiation or conciliation or even doing online dispute resolution. I don't need to come and meet you in America. I can be in Nigeria. You be in your country. You know, you get it. Um, franchise disputes. You got a franchising deal. Stick to the franchising requirements or what was provided as your terms of reference. You don't want to do it. What? he's wrong with you what is seriously wrong with you man um ripping off of culinary ideas just even when you're talking or dealing with food bloggers or food tourists or food i won't like to say food critics because they fall in that category like okay i don't want to be original in my review let me just cut 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 merge it let me drop one that kind of thing or so now that um hilda broke the record maybe someone was there watching maybe one let me not use any of her staffs but let's say there's like a food blogger there and the person now wants to make a publication and he goes ahead to post all of hilda's recipes so because you find out sometimes that there's some food videos i see online uh, and i'm looking out for menu and i didn't see menu in the post i'm like okay this person don't want to share this thing because it's very confidential then you see the ones that <coughs> okay they go to hilda's page you that posted how to make what was that let me i think i, I saved the, the the post about 
the list of food that she made. Make a check. Oh, I don't know where it is. You know, it's when you need something that you be looking for. It be searching, So if it's not okay, found it. Okay, let's see now. Mm, Parting jollof. <laughs> There's technique to making party jollof. So you want to make um Yodabati's party jollof. So you you go to, because you want to. So. While I was talking about copyright, I want to get, I remember now. So when I talk about image, there's also the image right aspect to you using Hilda's um, photograph. I mean, the, I mean, there's, so you have what is called the fair dealing in Nigeria, fair dealing people where you're not commercializing Hilda's image. But when you now start, when you post Hilda, say, ah, cook like Hilda or we are cooking something like Hilda. Do you think that falls under fair dealing? Is that person... Thinking of making money off it. Is that person missing, misrepresenting or misleading the general public to think that Linda is as affiliated to that, to that brand? That is how um, image right works or like the US call it right of publicity. So we do not have an express law on image right, but there are certain cases that the courts have considered, like the case of um, RMD and Jumia, um, the case of Atiku and uh, I think it's Mrs. Adeleke. Um, but then the one that I thought the courts would have, you know, used to set precedent for image right was the Banyere case. You guys check it. I think I always I always refer to when I'm talking about image right because it kind of it paid me somehow because I was like, ah ah, I want to do this again. Like that person could just use my pension. So somebody uses Hilda's pension and does the billboard. So let's say one of Linda's sponsor, maybe it wasn't part of the sponsorship agreement, that they would put her billboards in thirty six states of Nigeria. And sub license it to, to another um, brand within the industry so they can use all those kind of things. So, this is why for contracts, when I think I'll talk about that in my recommendation, but why I why I mentioned it now is because it just came to my while I was having this conversation when I was talking about when I'm talking about disputes now for bloggers. So, let's say someone now posts Hilda Bassi's party jollof rice recipe. I don't know if you see all these foreign. Um, newsletters or blogs online blogs or publications where they post someone's recipe you know after that so they get the content of the person to repost their recipe people would think it's minute it's not minute it's ordinary minute eh? it's not i pin our money and the game is to make money so you do all of those things you plagiarize another person's post so somebody posted let's say someone posted the um, Buka stew or coconut rice or seafood okra soup recipe. Then you go word for word, bang, bang, copy, paste, post. Or then you have people that use um, trigger words. So there's a, there's, a, there's a part of trademark that haven't started manifesting in Nigeria, but I'm seeing droplets everywhere. Use of ad words and tag words, all those things. is a form of trademark infringement in the digital era where you main purpose is to mislead the general public into thinking that you're going to the right side or you're um um dealing with the right person something like that so let's say someone does so there's also the issue of domain name as well take it if you're a food blogger you work in the food service industry take domain name serious so basically just use your brand name now which name are i going to use um mm, hmm I was going to mention my system, but I don't want people to, I don't want these trolls to be fast. But anyways, so you create, so you, because you did not create a domain name for yourself, someone now creates a domain name 
using your your brand's name now the purpose of that is to mislead the person so the person clicks on that link adwords yes the person clicks on that link but it doesn't take the person to your own site it takes the person to your their own site so there's this case it's not within the food sector um it was between um i think it's um MNS and MNS Flora or something it was one of the cases that we 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 reviewed while I was doing my masters in the University of Derby. Yeah, University of Derby. Derby, we we'll call it Derby. But it's Derby. University of Derby, um, 2013-2014. So when we're talking about trademark um dispute in the digital era, this is one of the cases where one and other the flower from MNS. But the link the person clicked on wasn't MNS true link. So when you go to Google, you see sponsored or you see AD. So it used to be in yellow, but I think now it's now blank. I think it's in black. Once you see AD beside a link, that's not the original link. Edge, don't click on it. Just go to the next one that doesn't have anything beside it and take it to the, to, to the real side. Same thing with... Um, impersonation on instagram people are creating um fake accounts just to mislead people into i know I, what is wrong with you people self eh? every small thing people want to want to scam somebody so when that happens to you talk to the um, federal consumer protection agency that's their field this person cheats me or you misled me go talk to them they'll, they'll sort you guys out um but now you now understand the kind of dispute that one would, would, would encounter. Distribution deals. Oh, I ordered for 200 pieces of this and I got shot by 20. Or it wasn't in the standard. The packaging is not the standard I ordered. Or I chose. the You know, different things. So, disputes are bound to emerge. So, there's one dispute that I want to talk about that people don't really take serious. So, you know when I was talking about trademark, I talked about non-traditional trademark like sound smell color yeah position as well yeah yeah so there's this um tiktokers i follow where they they kind of imitate the way the kardashian is talking They're like yeah yeah you know that kind of thing so anyway this case trended last year and it was um a trademark dispute case where a fizzy drink can open it, or a fizzy drink company called um agda um applies to trademark the sound of a fizzy drink can opening and then it was rejected at the U european intellectual property office um so he submitted an audio format to show what makes the the trademark the sound mark distinctive and the the, the registry rejected it saying that it lacked commercial originality and that it wasn't distinctive enough so they appealed they appealed it and they lost as well so they went further to appeal to the general court who dismissed their action by agreeing with the, the european euipu don't stress me i never see drink my water <laughs> but so you see that all this all this kind of things I mean, so when, when you're accusing someone within the food sector industry about something, make sure that it's the person actually doing Because you might be sued, countersued for defamation or malicious thought, all of those things. Take 
I may have a lawyer on retainer basically anyways. That's what I'm going to say to conclude on that. But um, my recommendation, my recommendation. What am I going to recommend for my um, food service industry people now? Hmm. Number one, build the right kind of your uh, intellectual property portfolio. Have a good IP portfolio management, which helps you to exploit the bundle of creative and innovative food assets that you have. Then conduct audits for your company for your intangible assets. Assess and evaluate the worth of your food assets, your intellectual property rights, your patents, your copyright, your trademark, your design right to trade secrets. Then review your business policy as a food blogger, as a food tourist, as a food show owner, as a media house that has a channel that showcases everything food. You are a fan. Just review your business policy. Create monetization channel, especially in this digital era. Take advantage. Embrace technology. Oh, people of God. Embrace technology. Um, you can opt to collaborate with people, get a franchise deal, build a licensing structure or model, assign certain elements of your food business. Um, regularly monitor the market, what's trending in the market, what kind of... So, for, for food bloggers and vloggers, or you find out that there's this, there's this particular cuisine or menu that is trending, give it to your African bias. Not jollof wool. I think I'm tired of jollof wool. We already know. Nigerian jollof is sweet. Ghana jollof is sweet. Senegalese jollof is sweet. But the one that is not sweet. Thanks, you said like a Yoruba people, but I will not mention it. But yeah, everybody's jollof is sweet. So far as I me cook my own jollof. Me sweet, me die. I don't care what you say, man. So, um, make, um, preserve traditional cuisine and method of processing and making food-related products. Sign contracts that protect your contribution to the food industry in whichever format. Remember that all authors and contributors are entitled to intellectual property rights. That they exclusive intellectual property rights that they can exploit, monetize, and commercialize it. Um, I'm talking about signing contract, yeah. Um, have internal dispute resolution mechanisms to resolve and protect your brand. Um, I've talked about assigning certain intellectual property rights, such as your trademark for special food dishes created. Um, so you can you can opt to trademark it. Conduct a thorough market research. Comply with territorial requirements for processing and preserving food. Conduct IP searches. Most of you don't even, and you're not even thinking of intellectual property registration. Why? So in Nigeria, we apply the first to five principle. If I go and file Chef Hilda or Hilda Kukutan or Hilda logo or anything, if you're in that food sector, I'm going to file it before you. The law recognizes me as the author. So each of these laws Copyright, trademark, patent, commercial design have their provisions on how they identify who the author is. I think the the phrase that the patent and design act is, and why I recall it is because I was working on my post for tomorrow. Is it says statutory true creator, copyright is this, um author. Uh, I think trademark trademark uses uses ah they can't do good, but it's a big book now. What's going on? 
proprietor yeah finally got it <laughs> so do all of those things get legal don't burn we don't want to see bonbon food something don't burn it i think i saw this uh was it a picture or what um someone bought the pizza from shawarma sorry what am i saying someone bought pizza from a bad one you're like look at it uh ibadan pizza it was delivered in nylon you see you know come out well you all those kind of things um don't burn your your food business don't 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 burn it get legal legal will help you make sure that the ingredients the spices everything that you put in the food the ip food is coming out sweet they'll be looking for more so you know the people are commending you that like all the food you cook are four days how many food days you cook in i think 100 and something all the foods that she made the menu and many everything back to back it was a hit hit just a drop on like it's hot then develop an ip strategy for your food brand you also need to nigeria national for nigeria i hope the federal government develops a food sustainability policy um those in the food service industry need to adopt a code of conduct for chefs bloggers bakers manufacturers all the stakeholders i initially listed code of conduct people have and i'm not aware i am sorry i did not know if you have it send me a copy again my email is ipseriesinfo at gmail.com you follow me or any social media just do ipseries you'll see my name it's me hi okay <laughs> well um that's about it for my recommendation um it's been a pleasure talking to you guys as usual but finally what i'm going to say with regards to um intellectual property is this when you're dealing with intellectual property intellectual property is actually very flexible it's flexible enough to the point where it accommodates those in the food service industry especially when it especially when you meet the basic requirements for each of the ip mechanisms so stay cooking guys avoid any form of direct copying unauthorized use infringement anything that will put your name in in the in the in a very bad way avoid it now we have the likes of metaverse and uh, nfts you know brands now you have to be thinking especially if you're, if you're in a fast-paced jurisdiction where technology now in the way not techno not techno for not techno musician you know, um monitor be proactive invest embrace tech um consider virtual ip rights um try to prevent fake food fake food representation in the virtual space infringement in the virtual space we already have the meta backing case which is like the first nft case ever um you might even want to consider blockchain tech for documentation purpose transparency purpose all of those things so with this few point of mind guys i hope i really hope i have been able to impress you convince you advocated i wanted to say talk to where i teach you because i'm a lecturer now but i think i just added if i teach you something you learn something new thank you thank me a voice note i don't mind um instagram post twitter post i don't mind man well thank you guys thank you 
thank you guys so much for listening to me talk about ip foods um social property right in the food service industry i hope you learned it you know too because it was really insightful what i was doing because i was just thinking how am i going to convert this into podcast i don't want it to be the same um like the carousel i did all right i just remembered so i had like a culinary issue checklist or a culinary checklist that um those in the food industry should mention so the first one is expression or expressing traditional cuisine um how do you use, um make a traditional cuisine without offending the people that say ah she no cook and where why is she misleading this what kind of method is this you know i for copyright copyright protects how you express your work so just see it as your own way of expressing a traditional cuisine but you can do it with the guidance of the community or the people you know um then don't don't let your recipe not become too generic or common but everybody know oh to make this yeah no man no. then use of technology to create unique food we are i mean now we are we are 3d printing food and beef and all those things hmm. a long way to go i'm using tech if you're a farmer or you work within the agricultural industry or you are a researcher then exploring non-conventional treatment such as smell taste and position i think i mentioned that not meeting the non-obvious or inventive test and the difficulty of proving novelty especially when you want to patent like a food related product um then strength of confidential information and abuse of traditional knowledge my tips for chefs regarding intellectual property would be Number one, yo, the tips for chefs. Number one, you can safeguard your recipe by keeping them private. You can choose. So I, I, when I was reading, I read something where it said that for this um family business, so they they mix their recipe and just wrap it up and put it in the fridge, a be freezer now. Then when the employees come, they just take it out, mix it, and you know they carry on. Kind of reminds me of how people have been trying to replicate Coca Cola. Like people are trying so hard. We have the Biggie Coca-Cola case in Nigeria. Don't know what's going on with that one. No update yet. Um, I'm trying to remember one of that one like that. But it keeps coming and going. But basically, if that information is going to shake everywhere, like shaky, shaky, shaky. But keep on private too. Then try not to steal another person's recipe. And if you do so, acknowledge the person. Say, oh, I was inspired by Hilda passes recipe i'm tweaking it my or blah 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 then always document your relationship by signing relevant contract i think i mentioned that while i was talking um for more advice you think about speaking with a lawyer or a law firm that specializes in intellectual property or interacts with the food service um industry and finally promote your food and brand by using original content such as images description log and copy or this person snap this picture instead of going to create your own picture you you lift it, watermark it, and pull it as your own. That's what we see bloggers doing now. You go collect a same picture, come watermark the whole thing like it's you that created it. But that's story for another day. But yeah, I think that that's my tip for chefs for today. Um, you guys stay cooking. You know, if you cook for money making, I'm rooting for you. Cause cooking, it's not buying. It's not my my, eh? So thank you once again, guys, for listening to me. Um, 
super excited this i'm i like it's not easy 18 starts tomorrow is going to make my podcast three years in doing this since the pandemic so i'm excited that i hit my first 100 episode in three years i also noticed that anyways i have like in 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 within the last six weeks my listeners on the streams i got tripled which was really exciting because i was at four thousand something well and now i'm at six thousand and counting so let's push it to ten thousand or at least five hundred thousand yeah what god cannot do does not easy but yeah see you guys in the next hundred episodes so 101 loading bye guys